This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the world globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting a country that's in Africa and Asia and the Mediterranean and the Middle East. I know, it sounds like I've lost my geographical marbles, but it's true. This country is located on both the African and Asian continents, and it's on the Mediterranean Sea, and it's part of the Middle East. Do you need a couple more clues? It's known for its pyramids, pharaohs, and mummies. Yes, of course, we're heading to Egypt, but we are not taking the Squiz Kids time machine. We've already been to ancient Egypt, I'll put a link to our shortcut in your episode notes. But right now, it's time to find out more about modern life in this African, Asian, Middle Eastern, Mediterranean nation. Strap yourselves in to the Squiz Kids super-fast, supersonic jetliner as we take off and take a squiz at Egypt. Just the facts. I'll pop a map in your episode notes so you can get your head around how Egypt can be part of two continents. Almost all of the country is in the top right corner of Africa, with the Mediterranean Sea on the north coast and the Red Sea to the east. But Africa and Asia are connected by a thin strip of land, and that land is in Egypt. It used to be that if you wanted to sail from the Mediterranean to the Red Sea, you had to travel anti-clockwise all the way around Africa. But in 1869, the Suez Canal was dug to connect the two. It's one of the busiest shipping routes in the world, and you might remember the chaos that was caused when the massive container ship, the Ever Given, got stuck in the sewers in 2021. I'll put a link in your episode notes to a reminder of that. Egypt would be one big desert, if not for the River Nile, which flows through it from south to north. We'll learn more about the Nile in a while. Hey. That rhymes. The Nile also has crocodiles. The capital of Egypt is Cairo. It's home to 22 million of the country's 103 million people. And it's the biggest city in both Africa and the Middle East. In fact, it's so busy and crowded in Cairo that the Egyptian government is building itself a new capital, about 45 kilometers away, where most of the main government business will happen. That city is yet to be named. A competition was held to come up with a name and a logo, but the results hadn't been announced at the time of this podcast recording. I wonder what they'll decide on. Whenever you travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. So let's learn the lingo. In Egypt, the official language is Arabic. But as we learned when we took the Squiz Kids jet to Jordan, There are different dialects in all the Arabic-speaking countries. Egyptian Arabic, which is often called Masri, is the most widely spoken and studied form of Arabic in the world. We've got a very special Squiz Kid here to give us a little lesson. Take it away, George. Hi, my name is George. I'm eight years old and I live in Australia. I speak Arabic because I'm Egyptian. Here's how you say hello. How are you? Ahlan, amale. And here's how you say thank you. Shukran. And this is how you say goodbye. Ma Thank you for listening. 
Shukran, George. Now that we can communicate a little bit, it's... Time for school. We've learned in lots of the places that we visit that school can be very different for kids depending on where you live and how much money you have. In Cairo, there are some incredible schools, but the United Nations says that overall in Egypt, one in five school buildings don't have adequate water and sanitation, meaning that you can't get a safe drink of water from a bubbler or tap, and there aren't appropriate toilets. The teachers aren't always well trained either, but the government is working with other countries and organisations to try to fix that. One of the most interesting things about school in Egypt is the emphasis that's placed on farming. Agriculture is a big part of Egypt's economy, and more than half of all jobs in Upper Egypt are in agriculture. So starting in Year 4, agriculture is a compulsory subject at school. And when they get to high school, Egyptian kids can go to one of Egypt's many agriculture high schools. They have their own school farms. How cool is that? There's a rich history of farming in Egypt, and that's all thanks to the River Nile. Let's get in our time machine and learn more about this mighty waterway. Time travel. We're heading back. Way, way back to more than 8,000 years ago, to the Nile River Delta. It's north of where Cairo is today, and it's where the Nile flows into the Mediterranean Sea. In your episode notes, there's a map showing how there are lots of little offshoots of that big river. Every summer, those river waters rise and flood a huge triangular patch of land. Now, in this case, floods are a good thing because they leave behind tons of silt which is good, nutritious stuff for plants to grow in. Now, all these thousands of years ago, some clever humans realised that instead of having to roam the countryside and hunt for food, they could grow crops, raise animals and settle here in the Nile River Delta. They invented the 12-month, 365-day calendar we use today to keep track of the Nile's floods and their planting. They also developed systems of irrigation to bring water further into the desert and plant more crops. They began to build villages and towns and ships and trade relationships with other countries. It was the start of a mighty civilization. For centuries, Egypt was called the breadbasket of Rome because it produced so much wheat that it could feed its own people and the Roman Empire. And Egyptian cotton is still famous today all over the world. Now, it might surprise you to hear that the Nile flows from south to north and out into the Mediterranean Sea because we tend to think of south as down and north as up. And we all know water can't flow up. But the Nile is just doing what rivers do. It's finding the easiest way from a high point in the mountains to a low point, like sea level. The Nile gets its start more than one kilometre above sea level in the rivers that flow into Lake Victoria. That's south of Egypt on the border of Uganda, Tanzania and Kenya. The water then flows 6,600 kilometres north, down the mountains towards the Egyptian Delta, which is just 18 metres above sea level. Along the way, the Nile is home to hippopotamus, Nile crocodiles, one of the longest croc species in the world, and a fish called the Nile perch, which can grow as tall as a basketball player and weigh 200 kilos. Wow! 
Well, it's been a long trip along the Nile and I'm starving. I think it might be... Dinner time. If you talk to an Australian overseas, they might tell you that they can't wait to get home to eat a meat pie or have passion fruit yoghurt or a lamington. Ask an Egyptian overseas the same question and the answer is likely to be koshari. To make what most people say is Egypt's national dish, you'll need to cook rice, lentils, chickpeas and pasta all separately. Then you'll toss them together with a tomatoey kamini sauce and crunchy fried onions. Add some shata and Egyptian hot sauce and you have koshari. It's cheap and it's a serious stomach filler. There's a recipe in your episode notes. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. Egypt is part of which two continents? That's right, Africa and Asia. Question number two. Which way does the Nile River flow? You got it. It flows north into the Mediterranean Sea. And question number three. What would you call Egypt's new capital? Yeah, well, obviously there's no correct answer to that, but I would love to hear your ideas. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to Egypt. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. Out.